Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Two Dads, One Ball, Two Dads Podcast, whatever you want to call us. And we're already heading into week seven. That's crazy. I feel like I was just like shaking at the bit, just waiting for college right. football to start. And now we're know, right? already halfway home. So last week, kind of, I guess, kind of rough for us both. You know, we usually do three. And I, I, I said on the pod, there's, I have six games. So I'm just like, I obviously put in the wrong three. So I just, you know, posted the rest of them. And depending on the line, you probably went four and two if you followed me. So, you know, it turned out to be pretty good. But, you know, Neil, you uh, you had a rough one and, and another, you know, bad beat, I think. I continue to have rough uh, college football Saturdays. Luckily, NFL, shout out to both of us real quick. On a positive note, 5-0 and in the contest last week. Two of the last three weeks we've gone five and zero. Oh, so shout out to our teams here as we as we get going um but yeah college football is has just been rough so off of back-to-back one and twos losing two head-to-heads against you and then shooting an 0 for three last week is has not been fun but uh like any good degenerate you just have a short memory and you just start firing there's always a new week right yeah yeah i mean it's it's the the thing I've learned over the past few years of betting college and NFL is if you have one good week in one, you tend to have a bad week in the other, or even yeah. a season for that matter. I mean, look at look at Dennis kills yeah. college football, dog shit at the NFL, and it's been like that for three years. Yeah, like I, I'm. I wonder. Do you think it's because it, you you carry over? Is it hard? To, do they not correlate like the the handicaps where you have, I, I, right? I think maybe it's just a little different in that with college where competition, like he, is just a six and a right? half point dog in college isn't the same as the NFL. And I think the whole like fading what you just saw works really well in the NFL and maybe so not so much in college because I think there's a more, there's a greater likelihood in college that maybe a team didn't just play like dog shit. Maybe they actually are dog shit. Yeah. Like we yeah, sort no, of like true. stick on this, you know, thought process that oh we're they're going to regress back to some mean but i think college maybe maybe i need to change my hand my handicap although it's, i'm not doing it this week i'm going back to the well on the disgusting one that's cost me two weeks in a row so yeah i gotta it's funny all my lines are basically identical and two of them are disgusting yeah. i think I'd, I'd make uh we were actually supposed to have hazmat suit on here True, but right. he's uh you know recovering from achilles surgery so you know, I, I'm going back to the well. I played this team last week, and they look like shit. So I'm going back to the LSU Tigers. I bought it up to three just in case, but that two and a half makes me makes me kind of love it. You know what? What we've learned, you know, just kind of betting. You know those those bait lines exist for a reason. Um, I like Jaden Daniels there, and obviously Anthony Richardson for Florida has done his thing, but, you know, he's, he's fairly inconsistent. I think he has six touchdowns to seven picks where Daniels has seven touchdowns to one pick. LSU, in my opinion, has a better defense. So this game's going to predicate on Florida running the ball, which the Tigers do a pretty decent job, you know, at, at eliminating that. So if they cannot fumble the opening kickoff, I think they'll set themselves up in a much better situation to, you know, pull out this victory. So I'm going back to the well with with those Tigers, and I know Joe Burrow's not there anymore, but apparently he's going to be. Uh, or was that last week? Is that the game? I can't even remember. 
you know, it's just everything's going. But yeah, that's that's gonna be you know one of my picks. And luckily this week, it was kind of hard to find three, mm-hmm. unlike last week. Yeah, it was sort of it was sort of an interesting interesting week altogether. I will say about this pick, I I I, I do lean with you because again, could be totally wrong. But going back to the LSU for the first week all season really looked shitty, and Tennessee came out with a game plan that they were going to do something and then I don't I just LSU wasn't prepared so this is a fade what you just what you last saw um a hundred percent you know a hundred percent um so I would I would lean with you and taking the taking a road dog though road dog in the SEC is certainly a, a scary proposition to take but um like that's how degenerate we are we literally just go on a 10 minute tangent saying college football Probably not the same. Fade what you last just saw, and then here we go. First play is fade what you just saw. But like, I mean, I did. But this one makes sense. This one makes sense. You know, one full touchdown. You know, when when games yeah. are like this, it's yeah, shit. Like I I yeah. I got in an argument with the fade you guys and and Kelly in Vegas. I think a year or two ago, mm-hmm. where I I was trying to say a. A plus one, plus two dog isn't a isn't a true underdog. Like it needs to be at least three and a half, you know. But if you're gonna brag say, about it, like yeah, to me, no. it's like five, six, seven, you know, plus, you know. That's, and yeah, that's in a college, dog. and in college especially, NFL is completely different. But in college, if you're talking about a college dog, Kyle, you're right. It's it's seven points for football, a hundred percent. Like you're not a you're not. There's so much variance in college that four, five, six, like that's not a true dog. Like right. you need to be a touchdown dog or a double digit dog to be a, a true. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at, you know, Kelly's three dogs are usually right around a touchdown. And there's that one that's, mm-hmm. you know, double digits because right. those are, mm-hmm. these are true dogs. She does a really good job with that. You know, yep. three point, you know, yep. bullshit. Yeah. So what do you so, got for us? So I guess I'll stick to the team that LSU played last week um, and with the Tennessee Volunteers. I think it, the reason I was off that game last week was I thought it was going to be a big look-ahead spot for Tennessee, right? So they have this game at LSU knowing that they come home to face Bama. What did they do? The exact opposite sort of of what I thought. Now I stayed off the game, but I could have seen that game being a lot closer. I could have seen Tennessee being a little unprepared. The exact opposite happened. Tennessee just came out and, and throttled every second of that game. So now they come home, they get a Bama team um, at home, and you're, they're catching a, touch, a touchdown, right? Or it was seven and a half earlier in the week. I think there's still a wild card, right, of how effective Bryce Young's going to be. And I think some respectable people have come out and said that if Bryce Young doesn't play this game, like Tennessee's probably going to, you know, could very well likely win outright. And even if he does, it's probably around a seven point game. Um, but this Tennessee offense, certainly capable of scoring any at any time in any moment of this game. Um, so I think Tennessee to be home in their biggest game of the season. Um, I mean, I think catching it, catching a touchdown is is way too much for just this for this offense alone. Um, yeah, this is going to be the best, and this is going to be the best offense that that Bama's seen all season long. And this isn't a Bama defense like we've been sort of accustomed to in the past. Like right. you can get out, you can get after them. You, I mean, Texas A&M put up twenty points against them, and Texas A&M's offense is nothing to write home again. You know, to write home about. Mm-hmm. So I think Tennessee will be able just to backdoor this thing, if not keep it competitive all the way throughout. Yeah, and I, I'm looking. I'm looking for the for the splits because I remember earlier in the week it was, 
you know, very heavily on Tennessee. It just seemed like everybody was on them. Yeah. Um, and I and I can see that because you've gotten so so many years now where it's just like people are sick and tired of Bama, right? Like so any opportunity you can yeah. take to kind of come out and take the new the new kid, I certainly think people are gonna look for spots to bet against to bet against Bama when they can. Right. Um yeah, like it's just crazy. Like seventy-four percent of the bets, sixty-five of the money on Tennessee. Just like I remember seeing that earlier in the week. I was like, man, I gotta just stay away. But like I was leaning Bama. Like it's all it's almost like you know what the dream preview does when they you know want to do a crossfire and a personal bet. I'm like, man, yeah. if we had something like that, because I'm a true degenerate, I might just like hit that button for you know however much we want. Like that, that's something we might have to add at some point because I don't know. That's just fun. Yeah. Pay it out at the end of the year. Yeah. But um, no, no, I'm going to be pulling for you. And obvious, like to me, it's, it's kind of rough being an SC fan because obviously they got to win this weekend, but mm-hmm. two, it's like if Tennessee wins. That's going to catapult them to where even if they have a loss, they're probably still going to stay in front of a undefeated USC team. And if yeah, Alabama but- loses, just because of the committee, I still see them finishing in front. So it's just like I almost want like Bama to win by four or something, you know, just but, to see. But I would just say, yeah, but I would disagree with that in part because regardless of the way the scenario works, two teams from the SEC will make the playoff. That's done, right? For all yeah. purposes, Ohio State's going to make the playoffs, right? I, I would say that the biggest the bigger question is going to be if Ohio State like loses in their conference championship game to a Michigan, right? Does the committee put in two Big Ten teams and two SEC teams, right? Like to me, that's a bigger concern that I would have. Obviously, there's you know we'd have to probably worry about Clemson. We'll see what happens in the Big Twelve, right? With Oklahoma State, like. This week, I don't know if it's on your your card. There's a massive Oklahoma State TCU game of two undefeated teams. So not a traditional powerhouse, right, coming out of the Big 12 this season. Right. So I don't know how much love they would get. I could certainly see it, you know, if SC wins this weekend, they'll leapfrog any Big 12 team just because of the brand, you know, the brand value. There's enough brand value, and I know we're getting off on a tangent from our picks, but there's enough brand value in USC. People may hate it. Our dads in Fade U hate it. But the truth of the matter is, if SC goes undefeated, I mean, if SC even has maybe one loss, if they use, lose this Utah game but win the Pac-12 championship, there's enough brand value there with the name, with Lincoln Riley, with, with everything that's there that they're in the playoffs. I, I think even over a Michigan and over a Clemson this year, like – a one-loss SC team that wins the Pac-12 championship is going to make the playoffs because of their brand recognition. Yeah, I mean, probably only if that loss is to Utah, but Utah would have to then play them again in the conference title game. That's that's me but, the only scenario where that can happen. Because if we Utah, still have UC, but we still have use another game, and then it's SC beats. Yeah, I don't know Washington or. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know who's up there because if they beat UCLA, I, I mean, I guess the way they've changed the division this year, you know, they could essentially play UCLA twice because there's no North and South anymore. Um, 
but yeah, you know, super interesting. But I mean, we're probably going to talk more about that in a little bit. I'll just jump to my second bet, which is the Syracuse Orangemen minus doing it. Are you on NC State? Where's the buck? I am on NC State. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to go with the orange. At, I, I Once again, you know, I'm getting in this bad habit of buying these half points. So I bought it to minus three. But, you know, Devin Leary, shoulder injury. Coach is kind of pulling a Bill Belichick. You know, he's going to play, but he also said on Monday he could miss six weeks. So I, I think he's going to play, but I also don't think he's going to be, you know, what – everyone kind of expects you know the talk has been all about nc state since week one how much depth they have but you know i've seen a few of their games i'm not overly impressed i feel like syracuse you know this, this is right up you know hazmat suits ass you know there's i even saw this i'm like i know they're five and oh but wow three and a half okay so it's one of those you know trust your lines you know i've, I've seen a few of their games they've been in nail biters but they've pulled it out so I'm going with them, and I honestly didn't even know until this morning about Larry. Um, but, I mean, even if, even if he doesn't go, their backup last week let three consecutive drives, scoring drives for that comeback win against the Seminoles. So, Neil, why do you, why do you like uh, the Wolfpack? Suppose first you said they let I, – I think if you dug, if you dig deep into one of those – I think it was that second drive that NC State had – of the three consecutive where again, a, they only kick field goals, right? So there's three consecutive field goals, but one of the drives I believe was off a turnover and they had four plays where they went for negative 23 yards, but still were in field goal position. Right. So thank you for trying to make my point for me with the backup leading on three drives, but uh, and I'm, I'm glad you saw it. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm listening to this. I'm like, fuck, I hope he plays now. <laughs> one was one was a little, one one drive was not a drive. It was off a turnover, and they, like I said, they lost 23 yards on it. Okay. Um, I really thought, again, the, because of the number, um, and this kind of coincides, I don't want to cross over too much to, to NFL or anything, but it's one that we were looking at being on our card. Um, the three and a half at home, you know, when you're a home team and you may have a backup quarterback in, um, just didn't see a it just didn't seem right to me and i think the syracuse team is one of those sort of fake five and oh teams like so they're the green bay packers of college except green bay has losses but i mean yeah right like before last week three and one i kept saying you know they're 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 fake a fake three and one i would i would buy that and we saw what happened to green bay um you know, they had that one. I mean, what's their biggest win is that home game against uh, Purdue where it was yeah. for all intents and purposes, a Hail Mary right at the end of the game that got them that win. Like that probably sh- should have been a loss. Um, I don't know. I think this... game for me, by the way, because I had Purdue plus the points and then I had Syracuse live to win nice. at plus money. At like, plus that money. was a beautiful Saturday. That's a, that's a great way to set it. That's yeah. a great way to set it up. So, um, I just looked at it. The Syracuse is just a little overrated. You're, you know, you, you're seeing a fancy number next to Syracuse team. I think the narrative is going to be out there with NC State. I mean, NC State has been overly competitive. Like you said, t- just to go get a win at Florida State. And mind you, right? We can talk about this Florida State when you brought it up earlier in the week in the in one of the pod. Florida State's only catching three and a half now against Clemson. 
Dude, I can't. I I can't. What, like, that's what, what I was hoping Chris was going to be on this because I, I can't. Yeah. It's so smelly, but I have no idea why I went from seven and a half to three and a half. No, like I don't. Exactly. I don't get it. And right. I and I, I just can't bet it. Like I'm. I want to watch the game, and I'm going to yeah. cheer for Clemson to lose for obvious reasons. But I just, I just can't get get there. Can't yeah. get to the counter. And even offensively, I I still think you have a you know. Regardless of what they did, NC State only allowed Florida State to have 17 points on offense, right? And I think most people would kind of would agree that offensively, the talent on each side, Syracuse is a little higher scoring, but I think from just a talent perspective, I mean, they're a little over because, again, they've had games against Wagner and UConn, you know, where they got into the, you know, 59 against Wagner in their last game. Congratulations. But I, I think this is going to, you know, a to- you have a college football total of 42 that's super low. Um, so I think this just ends up being a lower scoring game. I think at three and a half, getting a field goal and having the hook, probably the reason why you bought the hook to get it back to a, just a minus three. Just in case. Um, just in case. I could yeah, just totally fine, see get, getting the push and you the win on this, which would be so poetic for this. But, you I know, could see, I could it's see kind of too, funny. Right? Coming back and being close. Yeah, like speaking speaking of why you like probably NC State plus three and a half is why my next pick is USC plus three and a half. Like when I saw this line on Sunday, I believe, I'm just like, why can't I bet this on my book? Like I I, I honestly thought by now this would have gone down to like one or pick them or something. I can't believe it stayed there. And like the money started off like not the money, but you know, the bets all started off on USC. It's kind of, it's still like 60 40, but it's, you know, kind of getting closer to a 50 50 split. And the line's staying there and it's making me really excited to the point I might do something really, really crazy on Saturday. Um, I but I mean, USC's defense has, mm-hmm. they're, they're ranked second in the Pac 12. Granted, Utah is one. Utah's one of the best running teams. USC's not very good at defending the run, but they're pretty damn impressive against the pass. They have a lot of length there, an inside linebacker. And I think that's where it's going to come down to. You know, it's Utah's always physical. I feel like the last three times SC's been there, and I know these are different regimes, but they have them in the fourth quarter. So I, I think there's a little bit of an altitude adjustment. I don't know if they get tired, but... Man, when I saw that three and a half, it's like, man, I got to jump on that. But Caleb Williams, past three weeks, really hasn't looked good. Um, I don't think he's looked good since the first half of the Stanford game, personally. He looks great, you know, getting away from defenders, trying to sack him, but throwing the ball. Uh, he's, forced to, he's forcing a lot to his brother. Um, granted, uh, Taj Washington has dropped a handful of balls. So offensively, the, it's, it's really weird. I was at the game last week and their receivers just aren't quite getting open. Um, so I don't know if, you know, kind of the same thing with the Bengals, if there's a lot of two deeps going on with them, but you know, at some point they're going to adjust, um, you know, with those weapons still, there's just so much. And I think defensively they're going to, you know, stay in the game. I went off on a tangent there, but. That's Do you it. feel that that tight? Because I've noticed that about Williams also, that it's just something has been a little bit off. And it feels to me like they, they are playing very methodically. Yeah. 
for a Lane Kiffin, for a quarterback that's been with Lane Kiffin now for two years, when you know you have, you know, a pretty significant advantage wide receiver over any court, you know, any DBs or any secondary and certainly in the Pac-12, like usually you see in college where they part of every coach is that we're going to play as fast as we can because we know we have a man-to-man skill set. And if we don't give you time, we can 100% take advantage. And it, it feels like USC has just been acting so much more methodically lately, certainly than they did over those first two games, that it's been a little surprising that I'm kind of waiting for one of those games or even a drive where they just come out and it's end of play on the ball. Like, is it possible – is it possible they haven't shown their full schema because they're saving stuff for this game? Like you don't usually see yeah. that, but I mean, apart from Fresno, and I I understand mm-hmm. it, but that was that was potentially going to be a one score game before Hainer. I, I don't even know what happened high ankle sprain. Like I I thought he tore his ACL when I was there, and I'd never really checked in on it, but we're all sitting there thinking, oh, okay, we got ourselves a dog fight. And, yeah. you know, then penalty gets sacked, gets hurt. So that was honestly the only game I was really kind of nervous about. Um, Oregon State obviously gave them a fight, and mm-hmm. that was just turned into a defensive slugfest, but wasn't overly concerned about the Cougs. Um, so it's like, are they saving something? Like, I don't know if Riley really does that, but it's definitely – kind of an interesting thing to think about. I would agree. And I think maybe I, I've just like I said, I've just been sort of waiting even just to sort of see it on a given drive, just to make sure like, wouldn't you incorporate it? Just one drive a game in a weird spot, right? Not when you're trying to actually run a two minute offense, but like your second drive of the third quarter on a, you know, on a given game, I was, you know, especially in that last game against Washington, I just thought like, Okay, we have like they've got a lead. Let's just practice, you know, let's just practice it. You know, let's just go out and just blitz, you know, a, a driver in a possession and it just like, never happened. So it very well could be. I feel like we started that way for the beginning of the season in some games. Who do you think has allowed the fewest points per game in the Pac 12? I mean, I guess I would have said I would have thought it would have been Utah. Yeah, it's it, well. You, I guess pre pre that you see seven points, Utah yeah. nineteen. So I mean, yeah, there's pre- just a two point differential there. They both played six games, but it's just it's it's really interesting because this is going to be USC's fifth Pac-12 game already, mm-hmm. um, and you know they're still averaging forty points on the offensive side, even though you know we're sitting here kind of naysaying what they've done offensively, and I understand you know that early first three games of the year, they scored over 40. And then ever since then, they haven't quite got there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things of they really haven't looked great in a month, but their defense has continually improved. And that's honestly, if their defense was still Swiss cheese, how it looked against rice. Cause I was like, fuck, this is, this is worse than I thought. I was like, man, we're we're gonna be lucky to go eight and four. Um, but now the way this defense is playing, it's like, man, get by this game and I'm gonna start getting excited. And maybe that's just it. Maybe he just knows that his defense can't be out on the field for 
38 minutes a game that if they are that they're going to be torched um and he doesn't have that type of depth and maybe that's why he's consistently playing slow on offense to keep it at like a 30 30 which is fine i mean which is fine he obviously knows football better than we will ever know it but it just it seems weird that if you need to go get a score go get a score and it just seems like right with caleb williams has just been a little bit off and it just right. feels like you know is that a time is that a time last based? week like you know we brought brought claire to the game a lot of fun she did really well so we're we're there even into the fourth quarter i'm like i just want to watch them finish this drive mm-hmm. they get to a first and goal from the three so i'm like all right let's just start walking out we can like watch it from the side and like they settled for three and i'm like man they didn't even finish like the game's not even over yet not it's over, like yeah. what is ha- like so th- those are the types of issues i get concerned about going into utah because you you have to get a touchdown on first and goal from the three. Mm-hmm. You can't keep every where, time where they weren't having these USC type penalties early in the season. They're starting to get them again. Mm-hmm. So I hope they clean that up because yep. they, they can't play sloppy like that against, you know, a team that's generally, you know, very well coached in Utah. Yep. You I got agree. anything right. else? My final one, I'm going to go with, again, another team that I think is sort of a fake 5-0, and and I'm going to back the Michigan Wolverines, laying seven, hosting Penn State. Um, wow. Again, it just it was similar why I'm sort of fading Syracuse in this manner. I just think that this is a spot in which Michigan at home um, in this setting – is really going to be able to do whatever they want to. And I, you know, I, I got to watch a lot of that. Uh, Would you and- still take Michigan if they were laying 10? Cause that, that's no. like, that, I, I'm agreeing with you. Cause, but that's what I think that no. line probably. Should. And it's just a double, and it's probably, and it's probably just a double digit thing. I, I sort of lay off, I lay off of double digit, you know, faves. Yeah. Um, just sort of as a principle, it's just not something that that I do. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a team that just there's nothing overly explosive that they do. Sam Clifford is fine, I guess. Um, but there's nothing I think that's exciting about that offense. And you're going to go in and you're right. going to you know have to face a Michigan team that's on a mission and is just really stacked on every, on every level here. So Michigan's had their one scare, you know, in that game against Maryland that I think Maryland's a little more dynamic offensively just because of what uh, Tagovailoa brings. But it's, Clifford by and large is just a sit in the pocket type of guy. And I think it's just going to Michigan will just be able to sort of sit back and tee off a little bit that I think at this game at seven, it just feels like a game that Michigan is going to win by more than a touchdown being at home. And, and, you know, the early primetime game. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, you know, another, another one that I was looking at, not not that I'm giving it out, but was was Oklahoma when they were minus seven. Then all the – both quarterback news kind of came out, mm-hmm. um, you know, to where Gabriel's going to play, but Kansas' quarterback is out for the year. So, you know, I got that at seven. It quickly went to nine. Everybody and their mother is on Kansas. Like, I still kind of, you know, want to say go for it because there's really not much of a difference. If I if I think a team is going to win and cover minus seven, what's the difference between minus nine? 
It's really not. They're, they're not really covering any key numbers, but yeah. kind of like you, just it just makes me like eh, I don't really like it as much. I gotta say that that guy for that came in for Kansas looked damn good. Holy crap, man! I mean, seriously, and it wasn't just you know coming in game manager style like he came right. in firing like they went on a tear and they matched tcu score for score the rest of the game i mean a game i thought it was so funny a game that was totaled at the beginning of the week 67 gets bit up to 71 they score 13 points in the first half game yeah. lands 69 think about that right you the second half, I can't even do that math. What is it? 42, 56, 56 points scored in the second half with Kansas's backup quarterback, right? Like yeah. that would, that's the only thing about this that just had me like stay away because the line was right. certainly considering that Gabriel's going to be back. That's the only way that makes sense. But it's like, what is this backup bringing to the table? Because he certainly had TCU. He could do whatever he wanted against TCU. I mean, 16 to 24, 262 yards, four touchdowns, and the one pick. That's phenomenal for a backup quarterback. Yeah, that, that you know, Fun it, second half to watch because yeah, all the other games in that time slot were blowouts. Yeah. So I throw that on. I'm like, oh, well. Nice run, Kansas. And then I'm watching this kid I'm like, holy shit, is he mm -hmm. better? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. That's the question. You start asking yourself, like, where did he come from? Yeah. Because it's not like it doesn't make sense. Like, it would make sense. Like, okay, Bama's quarterback goes down. They probably have a pretty phenomenal backup, right? right. USC, similar fact. You know, we saw it with USC. JT Daniels went down, what, two years ago? Uh, Jackson Dart, come on in. Start throwing the ball all over the place. It's like next man up in quarterback. You don't yeah. think Kansas? Well, that that was last year, when, um, last year when when Slovis went out, and then it was like yeah. three years ago, actually, when JT Daniels went down, and then Slovis came. It was in. Slovis that took over, right? Yeah. And they just like it, it. So it's not. It's just Kansas is not a program. And then he regressed every year after. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. But so it's just worrying about that. Is like what what is the actual quarterback situation going to look like for Kansas right. this yeah. week? And it's just disgusting because nobody wants to back Oklahoma. Who the hell wants to back Oklahoma after exactly this last, this last week out of, after 49, nothing quarterback or no right quarterback or no quarterback for Oklahoma, whether Gabriel's coming back or not, who the heck's running to back Oklahoma right now. And not only that, you got to lay nine. That seems pretty disgusting. Right. That, yeah. Who's yeah. That? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's all Bucket Boy and I got for you guys. Uh, went a little long, but I'm sure about half of that was ranting about USC. So sorry about that. But if you're a fan, enjoy it and, uh, you know, tell us what you think. But yeah, thanks for listening to another Two Dads podcast, and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>